episode 83 of Monday State of Mind. My name is Michael Mazel, and I'm the Director of Alumni and Recovery Support Services for the Harmony Foundation. We are wrapping up my favorite topic with, honestly, the coolest guests to talk about this incredible topic of intimacy and sex and all the things in recovery. The guests that I have on today are people that you guys already know. They have been on a couple times and they're in high demand, but it's really awesome to be able to have a couple come on Monday State of Mind and talk about this topic. It's one thing to hear from Ed Tilton that we've had, and we've had Mary Hoover talk about it and some other guests. But it's another thing when it's a couple, a married couple, being able to talk about this and what they've grown through and how they perceive intimacy, you know, now that one of them is in recovery. And it's just so freaking beautiful. I will go ahead and let them reintroduce themselves to all of you amazing listeners. So who do I have back on Monday State of Mind? What's up? I am Robert, and I am uh, still an alcoholic. And I am Leslie, his wife. You guys, wherever you are, take a moment, get present. We're going to get real here. So, Robert, Leslie, you guys know I like pinged you from the moment I knew I was going to bring this topic up to the world on Monday State of Mind, intimacy and sobriety. And so when I even just brought it up to you guys, what were your immediate thoughts? Leslie can go first, just even talking about it with the world, what it looked like pre-sobriety for your relationship and what it looks like now that Robert is in recovery. I think, you know, intimacy is one of those things that I will say for us as a couple, I mean, we've been together for a long time. We've been together since high school. It's not really something we think about a lot or mindful about. I think it's something you just kind of go through your days and it's a part of your relationship, obviously, but for us, it hasn't been something that we like discuss or, you know, I have my girlfriends, we talk, I'm sure his guy friends talk or whatever. Um, and intimacy of course is a big word. I think it's more than just sex, obviously, um, when yes. I that word. So yeah, that's kind of what came to mind of like reflecting on it is something we've never really done. And to be honest, we knew this podcast was coming up and we still haven't really had a conversation (laughs) about it. So it'll be interesting with, you know, your questions, what comes out of it. Oh, I love it. Robert. Okay. Robert, come on, man. (laughs) Yeah, I guess for, well, shit. Um, this whole thing, this whole recovery journey for me has been about getting vulnerable. So this was like the most vulnerable topic I felt I could, we could talk about. And yeah, like the first thought was, yeah, sex, you know, like the kidney, like let's talk about sober sex and drunk sex. But like the more I think about it, the word means so much more than just the physical act of sex and how it plays into just knowing your partner and being intimate on just a day-to-day level. You know, there's so much more than just the physical act of having sex to that word. And this is why you guys, Robert and Leslie are on the podcast I would love for you both to speak more on that. And you nailed it. 
so many of us, and I'm sure there's a lot of you couples out there that can identify when you think of intimacy, oh, like physical sex, like, well, we really don't have much of that these days, or, oh, we have a lot of that. But I love how Robert and Leslie just said, intimacy is so much more. And that's what other guests have really, I feel, clearly conveyed. And it's something that I hope can bring a lot of you relief when you look at what intimacy is and we identify what that looks like. And so let me go ahead and just ask me, Leslie or Robert or one of you, when you look at intimacy and not just in the physical manner, but just like Robert was saying, your day-to-day interactions, showing up for one another, just those quiet moments, what have you found to be true that can be super intimate for the both of you? It doesn't always involve the physical aspect of it. Well, I'll go. Like, I'm just thinking about like last night. I felt like, oh, this is, this is going to be a weird podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, just like with, with her being pregnant now and me trying to like understand like how she feels and being like, just not being my old asshole funny self. um, I felt like we had just an intimate moment on the couch last night with my head laying on her tummy, you know, and like, there was no words. We both fell asleep there. And I mean, just the energy now and just with the simple day-to-day acts like there was no words said there was nothing and it was still just an intimate you know 10 12 minutes however long it was and then we went back to watching tv yeah i think just being in tune and like just being present where the drugs and alcohol did not allow me to be present even it was more just a selfish act at that point of just the physical act of sex and not even trying to be an intimate partner That's freaking awesome, Robert. Thank you for that. I love that you said that you can now show up and be present and intimacy is so much more. And so Leslie, I want to ask you the same question. Like, what does it look like for you now? Yeah, I think he nailed it on the head. I mean, when he was deep in his addiction, we were just kind of cohabitating. Basically, we're in survival mode. His survival was how to get his next drink and how to hide his drink and how to hide the shame. And, you know, that's what he was buried in. And I was in survival mode of, I clearly have a partner that's never present. And what do I need to do to continue to find happiness and in my life? And so it is something I think we're still learning and figuring out is like, okay, how do we bring that back and have it be alive in those little moments? Because that's what adds up. The intimacy isn't just one moment in the bedroom. I mean, intimacy and feeling close is every little interaction and how you treat each other and being present and having consideration. And I think, you know, when you have so much baggage and shit you're trying to wade through, it's really hard to find those moments. It's so powerful. And it's one of those things that people in early recovery, when they're with their significant other, their husband or their wife or, you know, their partner, and they're the ones that are coming into recovery, right? And I was an awkward human. And I set these expectations for how I thought intimacy was supposed to be instead of just giving myself that grace and that patience of, hey, I get to identify what that looks like. And it doesn't have to look the same for everybody. And so I just want to ask you, Robert, when you first got sober and you and Leslie like really have been able to recreate or just redesign your entire relationship. And it's so awesome to watch. 
how were you able to kind of grow through maybe even some of those awkward moments? Like what were things that maybe Leslie did for you to be able to feel safe and to have intimate moments, however you identified those to be? Oh, shit. Like, uh, <laughs> well, it's all new. Like post-recovery is kind of like all new. Like, you spend 30 days in the mountains. And I remember I was so excited to see her. And then like I got home. And it was the weirdest thing for me, but I got over that quick. The first physical sober moment it was awkward, but that passed quick. That passed super quick, but I guess she, well, she's been super supportive since like the very get go. She was supportive of me going. She was supportive of me while I was there. And as long as I continue to do what I've done these last 14 months, she continues to even be more and more supportive. So I feel super grateful that I have a partner like that. Um, not everybody has that that gift. I can't really say she's always been supportive. And for me, like, there's a lot of guilt in, like, we've been together since high school. And I like, there's a lot of wasted time. You know, I feel like I wasn't a good partner. So like, I, I, I'm just really trying to be the best partner I possibly can. Not so much to make up time. But now that we have a child on the way, like I want to be the best father, the best husband, like there's so much more drive. There's a huge carrot that was not dangling in front of my head pre recovery. I love it. And so Leslie, let me just turn kind of the question to you too. When he got home and, you know, and Robert's sober, what does intimacy look like for you guys now? Are there moments, oh, Robert explained earlier, which was a really beautiful moment. And thank you for sharing, Robert. Do you feel a total shift in the way you guys show up for each other? Yeah, I mean, the like definition of intimacy to me is really boils down to communication and you have to just be honest, you know, and the reality is, you know, the person that's going through recovery is going through a lot of change and it's impossible for your partner to understand that or, or know that. And I appreciate and I'm thankful that he feels like I'm supportive and I certainly try to be, but also there's a lot about it that I don't understand because I haven't walked that path. And so there's times when there is that burden on the person going through recovery. If you do feel weird or awkward, or you're trying to sort through shit, that's fine. But you have to communicate that because it's very easy to go back to that quiet place. And he still does that sometimes. And I did this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) And and I have to figure out how far do I want to push because Back in the day, I, I wouldn't push. And then he would end up going down a bad path and, you know, depression would start and drinking would start. And so some of those old habits die hard. And just because you're not drinking, they're still there. And it's just a matter of sharing and talking about it. Like, I get it. He's still trying to figure some of this out on himself. He doesn't have all the answers. It's not always easy to verbalize what he's going through, but Just that to me is the intimacy of like having that conversation of like, I'm feeling this way and I don't really know why, and I don't exactly know what to do about it, but it's not you. And I Mm -hmm. think that's so powerful to fight the battle together, even though he's the one kind of going through it, it helps me be there. Otherwise you kind of get back to that place of like, well, whatever he's stewing in the other room and I'm just going to go do my thing. And then again, you start going your separate ways. I think you just hit home on intimacy at its core, Leslie. And I do believe that it is communication. And I'm just going to put it out there to you guys. Communication when done right, and I'm sure you guys have witnessed it. It's sexy. It is sexy. 
it gives all the feels. There is so much beautiful depth to communication. Communication to me is what breeds intimate moments, you know, whether it is physical or just talks. And so, ah, I love that you said that. And so I just want to ask you too, Robert, when it comes to communication, do you kind of have the same thoughts as Leslie when it, when it comes to intimacy? It starts with communication. Oh, without a doubt. And yeah, like it's so hardwired to me and I just turtled up for so long that I didn't even realize I was doing it this weekend. And once we finally talked about it, I felt better. Recovery is all based on communication, being honest and it all, I have to verbalize my words. I have to verbalize my feelings. I have to ride, feel all the feels, which is what I told her. And like at the moment, man, there was a wave of feels and it's scary sometimes, man. The wave is so thick, you know, when you know in the moment, like everything is fine, dude, everything is fine, but there's this freaking ball and to just verbalize it and not give it authority over me anymore and just say, Hey dude, I'm weirding out right now definitely helps. You got to crack the seal, peel the scab, whatever you want to tell you, I want to analogize it, but I got to let it bleed out and I can't keep internalizing it. Yeah. And it is that communication. And I think what's so interesting is that so many couples, they try, and I will say this from my observation of being in recovery, what I've seen happen is so many people, instead of communicating, they try to cover it up with physical, with the physical aspect. They think, oh, if we're still, if we're just physical and I engage in these physical manners, like everything's fine. Everything's great because I'm being physical because, you know, that's what intimacy is, right? Being physical. And I love how you guys have totally squashed that idea in the sense that sometimes the physical aspect, like it's great. I love the physical aspect. But that can also be that, I wouldn't even say a buffer, but it can be that blanket that you hide under because sometimes we're scared to communicate how we feel. So we'd much rather just engage in the physical part. Can any of you speak to that? And that, like the physical part and like no pun intended, but that's so short lived because, and it creates the dopamine boost. So for like an addict's mind, it doesn't help. That's not helping recovery in my opinion. Yes, it's pleasurable. Yes, it's all that. But if you're still just doing it just because it feels good, like from a recovery aspect, like I'm still an addict of something at that point. We've had every level of sex, like from high school till now, all of our experiences have had the ups and downs. There's nothing to complain about, you know, as far as like the physical aspect. Um, where I am now in my life, it's just so much more than the physical part of intimacy than it was at the beginning, you know? I love that. Leslie, what do you have? What, what do you got? What do you got? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, especially you're talking to not only the addict's perspective, and I can easily see how that could be a substitution, right? And it's an acceptable substitution in a lot of ways. Um, I think just like alcoholism, there's kind of this line that society has created that's not really the line. Um, you know, if you're finding that you're using that to hide and like he said, not feel all the feels, you know, that's an easy go-to to, well, I don't want to talk about this, or I don't want to have this intimate conversation. Let's just go to the bedroom. You're still hiding. You're still using something to hide. And, you know, sometimes as a partner, you catch, you catch that stuff. 
And sometimes you don't. I mean, there's, like I said, a lot of times he's shared things with me that I'm like, had no idea. Like, I just don't think like an addict. A lot of times that stuff doesn't, it doesn't occur to me. But yeah, as, as a female, of course, intimacy is always better when you feel like you're on a, on a stable emotional plane. And that means both of you in a good headspace. You know, and it's, and it's work. This is kind of like the last thing that I want to touch on with you guys. I just, oh, I could talk to you for hours about this. Well, everything, right? But it takes work right? Intimacy on all levels, but especially rooted in communication, like you both have really hit home on, it takes work. And so I would love it if either of you or both of you could say like, what are tips or tricks or things that you guys think about or do on a daily basis, maybe weekly basis to be able to keep that intimacy fresh and awesome that you wouldn't mind sharing with couples that need to hear like how you guys are doing this. Man, I'll be the first to admit, I, I, I got to work on compliments. I don't <laughs> notice when she gets her hair cut. As far as tips, I have no idea, dude. I don't know how she stayed married to me. Like if you guys could see her, she's, like, she's smoking hot. I'm a fucking troll. Um, <laughs> I just don't, I don't know, man. I have no tips. <laughs> just listen. And do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we went through marriage counseling for a short time when he got out of recovery and we identified some things of like, you know, the stereotypical stuff of like him jumping into fix it mode instead of like sometimes just listening and, you know, he's not the most affectionate person. I think that's something that, and I, and I don't need a lot of affection, but there's times when I do and he doesn't catch that. And so we're still working on it. We're definitely a work in progress. I absolutely am not. And I think that's probably what I was most nervous about this podcast is, you know, I want this to be beneficial to the listeners and I want to be able to offer those things. And I feel like we're not there yet, in all honesty. I mean, we have a long history together um, and we have a lot of exciting things to come. Like we're going to be first time parents. That's crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the end of the day for tips that I do feel like, we are trying, you know, and again, like we keep saying communication, communication, but you have to have that safe space to just be honest with each other. And one thing we don't do is we're not name callers. We're not low blow. I know that this is a painful thing for you. And when you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. We're not tit for tat. You got to do this. So no, I should get to do this. Like all that petty shit, I think just breaks your relationship down. And I see it a lot. I see it a lot in my friends and I see it in, you know, just society. You're a team. And yes, sometimes it's not balanced. Some, you know, with his recovery, a lot of the focus is on him. A lot of it's him figuring out what this looks like, what his program looks like. And I have to be okay with that and realize I'm going to kind of take a back seat while he figures this out. And then, you know, the burdens on him too, that sprinkle some time in there where I feel like I'm not in the backseat and just that give and take, I think is really what it boils down to. And you can get through anything if you can talk about it and your relationship is your priority. I appreciate your honesty too, Leslie, just being like, we're still figuring it out because honestly, I feel like every couple should at all times be figuring it out. I feel like relationships and intimacy is kind of like recovery. It's a journey. It's not a destination. And I really appreciate your candidness with being like, we're still figuring it out. 
And that's what people need to hear. And no one's going to be the perfect role model, the perfect couple, I hope. I mean, there is no perfect couple. Let's be real. You guys, there's no perfect <laughs> couple. But the point that I believe and I feel that you guys can really drive home is that there is so much more than the physical part. Intimacy, you know, at its core is communication. It's the little moments that add up. And so my last question is, if you could sum up being able to look at where you guys are at with your intimacy and how it's come a long way since Robert has come into recovery and Leslie, you've been so freaking supportive of it. What is something that you can think that you're so grateful for with where you're at with your intimacy? Mm. <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, gratitude is a huge piece of him being in recovery all the time. I mean, all throughout the day, I think, but I, I think again, just that he doesn't have to live in this dark space all alone. And I don't have to be constantly trying to figure out how to pull them out. And, you know, I've learned a lot, of course, codependency and all that stuff. But the reality is when you're in a marriage or you have kids and alcoholism is a part of that, you love your family and you're going to fight and try to do whatever you can to help that person. But it's hard because they are really living in their own world. And it's a world that you don't understand. And it's dark. And there's a lot of layers to it. And um, so I think, yeah, just a lot of gratitude that he is not in that place. Or if he kind of starts to slide there, we can have that open conversation about it. Oh, Leslie, you're freaking, I tell you. Okay, Robert, hit me, hit, hit, hit us with it. <laughs> For me, I'm most, it comes back, it all boils down to communication. I was stuck in my head. And since learning how to express myself and be a, a solid partner and a transparent partner and a good teammate and not self, just not all the bad stuff that addiction brings, man. Um, and just being able to communicate, man, it's a day to day. It's a, it's work every day, man. But just knowing like, I can't do it. I have a chunk of time that I've done this. And I mean, one day at a time, and I just learned, like, I'm not good with words, as you can see, but just learning to express myself verbally has been freaking monumental in <sighs> person and our relationship. I think you're doing better and better every day, Robert Polanski. You guys, I'm like, there you have it. You know, Leslie and Robert, it is always a good time when these two can come on, you know, Monday's State of Mind and bring so much knowledge, but it's also so raw and it's real. And I commend you and I am so grateful for the both of you. And I will also put this out to all of you listeners. If you guys are the ones that have recommended that Leslie and Robert come back and you've enjoyed their topics, and if there's something that you really want them to speak about, please feel free to email me. My email will be in the show notes. I am happy to address anything with Robert and Leslie that you guys would really like to know and understand, especially coming from a couple's perspective. So get ready, Robert and Leslie, who knows what's going to be in the emails from yeah, maybe like a Q&A session or something. People mm. can just throw their questions out. Exciting. What is your favorite underwear, Robert? Ones, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can tell you that. Right? Oh my gosh, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having Always us. Always fun. Yep. I'm glad this one's over. <laughs> we survived. I want to go ahead and end this episode by reminding you that if you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, 
please call the Harmony Foundation at 866-686-7867. Recovery is a journey and Harmony gives you the map. All right, you guys, we'll see you in December.